With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving away one for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, December 19th, currently 1124 on the East Coast. Here to recap the action in the association over the weekend and, of course, get into the betting card for the Monday schedule in the NBA. And joining me today, not your usual face. I'm sure he's probably out celebrating the Giants victory last night, but... You guys know him as the voice on the WNBA Gambling Podcast, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and the Tennis Gambling Podcast. It's my man, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. I think you might have merged two people, so Terrell might be celebrating the Giants Terrell's Terrell, yeah. Yeah, but I, of course, am not a Giants fan, so I didn't really care, so here I am. But nice to be back. I was going through the card anyway, so it's not like it really matters to me. But looking forward to it. Should be fun. Yeah, it's either one of two things. Either Terrell celebrating his Giants uh, winning last night or his plus 600 uh, Orlando Magic winning that he uh, gave, I guess, it was on a Friday pod, Scott. Orlando also won again yesterday. Yeah. So I think they were around plus 400 against the Celtics. I actually had a yeah. piece of Orlando yesterday. Yeah. I couldn't believe Boston was minus 11 with no Tatum. I just thought that was very weird. But I know Terrell might be celebrating because I believe he also liked NC Central against Jackson State over the weekend. And I think okay. Jackson State was favored by 14 and a half, something okay. like that. And he ended up having NC Central win in overtime. So Charles made a lot of money with some underdogs recently. So he might just be celebrating. Yeah, so he might just be out celebrating. We might hear from him uh, by next week uh, for sure. So uh, yeah, great weekend for Terrell. Um, NBA, it was uh, maybe it kind of felt under the radar this weekend. Uh, Scott, we had the World Cup final that Got our Sunday started off with a bang uh, yesterday. Argentina lifting the trophy to be the World Cup uh, champs. NFL, a lot of great games yesterday as well, but kind of under the radar yesterday. Jokic just casually, just casually, Scott, drabs 27 rebounds. Uh, 40, 27, and 10. Uh, that's a pretty solid stat line. Shout out to Charlotte, though, for not being able to even compete on these rebounds. But 
Yeah, uh, Jokic is probably worthy of being the. You can make an argument the, the final the uh, the MVP favorite right now, just going mm-hmm. solely based on the numbers. And most years, you usually have a guy who's easily the favorite right now. Tatum is the favorite in my eyes because Boston was number one in the Eastern Conference. Not anymore. I believe now they're tied with Milwaukee. So you can make an argument that without the one seed, Tatum's main, I'd say, argument is kind of at least gone for now. Dantich has no shot in my eyes because Dallas just isn't good enough record-wise. Mm-hmm. And you're going down the line. Denver right now is a top four seed in the Western Conference. Jokic is averaging roughly a triple-double again for about the third straight season. And his supporting cast isn't really that good. And we see it every time that Jokic goes to the bench. So if you're asking who I think should, keyword should, be favored to win the MVP, it should be Jokic. However, I think he has a 0% chance of winning because I think the voters don't want him to win again. But based on what we've seen so far this season, I think you'd agree with me. Jokic is probably the most deserving solely based on his performance. Yeah, uh, right now he's sitting at seven to one to win the MVP uh, this season, and yeah, you're right. I don't think, I don't think he, they're going to uh, vote for him. Yeah, but I think yeah. he should get it. Yeah, uh, Tatum is the uh, clubhouse favorite right now at plus two fifty, followed by Giannis at plus three ten, and then Luca, like you mentioned, at plus three thirty, and then it's Jokic at seven to one, Embiid ten to one, and then Durant at sixteen to one, followed by Zion at twenty two to one. So. Do you think Luka um, deserves serious consideration if his team is like hovering 500? Because I don't know how he can be the MVP and make it into a play-in game. No, I think that if if you broke some type of monumental record like Westbrook averaging a triple double for the season when he won it, I think his team finished up that year as a number six seed. I thought it was a six seed, yeah. Yeah, but if you finish up in that play-in tournament bracket, you no, know, you don't deserve to be MVP. Um, right now, like you, yeah, like you mentioned, Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are 18 and 11, sitting at number three in the West, just one game behind uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, for the top spot right now through about 29 uh, games through this NBA season. Um. Anything else kind of stick out to you over the weekend, at least from Saturday, Sunday here, Scott, before we actually do get into the games? Well, Boston has been struggling lately, but I kind of want to look at the other side of the coin. Orlando, have have they figured it out? I I know that they're still not good in terms of overall record, but Mm -hmm. they've been good for the last week and a half. And I'm not going to tell you right now they're going to finish the year 500. I'm not going to tell you something crazy, but I do think this team is heavily undervalued, and I actually kind of like what I've seen because you're looking at the roster. They're still missing a bunch of guys from injury with Wendell Carter, with with Suggs, and it hasn't really mattered. It took a while, but it seems like the young core has kind of gotten itself going. I think Mosley's done a good job as the head coach. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Orlando is just a sneakily good team, and I know that we both liked Orlando over for their win total before the season started. took a while to get going. But Orlando's a team that might be kind of nice, and I feel like they're going to be undervalued in the betting markets for a while. Yeah, look, uh, obviously for them, I think that getting Pancaro obviously was big, right? Number one overall pick. But you're right. Like outside those, outside of him, the other guys have been playing well as well, right? Franz Wagner. Has been just so good for this Wagner, team. Wagner screwed me yesterday, to be honest. I, I had a oh, same did. game parlay. I had magic money line with like Wagner 
I forgot if it was like 15 or 20 points and whatever. So I had like a same game parlay with Wagner and Orlando to win. Mm-hmm. And Wagner just sold completely just hard for just hard. He just sold the game for me, but they won anyway. But either way, they do have good talent. I know Wagner is a good player. He just was yeah. terrible for me yesterday. Yeah, um, and Bol Bol has been really good for this team as well. Um, and you're right. They've been dealing with some injuries. Uh, to some they still are. The yeah, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, and Jalen Suggs has been out. Wendell Carter has been out. Um, and those are two key pieces that are part of this rotation for this Orlando Magic team. So, yeah, I think definitely exciting times um, for Orlando, Orlando Magic fans. I know they haven't been relevant in, I don't know, in how long since the Dwight Howard era, yeah. I guess we can say. Uh, but they do have pieces on this team to look forward to uh, the future uh, to get back to competing in the Eastern Conference and you know getting into that play-in bubble or or maybe even getting a playoff spot. But yeah, they're they're trending in the right direction. I think is what we're trying to say. That was my main positive takeaway from the weekend. Yes, mm-hmm. I know the Knicks have won like seven in a row. I know that's a thing, but I'm just going to not talk about it for a second. I got to talk about the negative because Orlando. Everyone, I feel like most people know the Knicks have won seven straight because. They're from New York, and ESPN will talk about it, and there'll be a bunch of Twitter posts. Nobody's talking about Orlando, and this team's been quietly good lately. Yeah. We got we to gotta talk about the negative here. You gave up 150 to Minnesota with no Gobert. <laughs> and like, what the hell is Chicago doing? And we've roasted Chicago for weeks. I think they should blow up the team. I've been very public about it because I don't think the team is any good. Yep. 150? Really? I was shocked to see. Well, it was through three quarters they had given up 113, which was I made me kind of scratch my head. But golly, yeah, they scored 32 in the first, and then after that, they just went nuclear. 39, 42, and then 37 in the final quarter. They gave up 23 three point shots. Um, what did Edwards uh, have? 37 and 10 or something? Yeah, he, he finished it with 37 points, 11 assists. It was 11. Okay. Either yeah. Way. 13 of 25 from the floor. Uh, D'Angelo. So D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards combined to go 11 of 21 from three point land. They combined for 65 uh, points and <laughs> they still ended up scoring 150 in this game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think they're, I think you're right. It might be time to blow this team up. I was on this team last year. Uh, but right now they're sitting at 11 and 18. They're four and 11 on the road. That's the Chicago bulls. I think DeMar DeRozan deserves to go to a team that can really utilize his services and what he's able to bring to that mid range and scoring power. Um, obviously I, the first team that comes to mind are the Lakers, but what are you going to give up? I, I just don't know what the upside is for the Bulls to keep it together at this point. What? Yeah. So you can be a fringe playoff team that's going to get their ass kicked by Milwaukee like last year in five games. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what the point is. And it doesn't help that Lonzo's knees messed up and he's probably not going to play all year. Yeah. Levine got hurt and he, he really has not looked the same since. He's been very mm-hmm. hit or miss, mostly bad, to be honest with you. DeRozan yeah. is still very good. Vucevic has been kind of a mess ever since he got there. And yeah. when you look at who they traded to get him, it's been a, it's been a horrible trade for the Bulls. But you're trying to look at what they should do. I know that their pick this year is, I believe, top four protected, I think. So they'd have to give up their pick if it's not top four, which gives them extra incentive to fully, fully tank. Yeah. But I just don't know what the point is because you're going into these games and you're expecting to be a playoff team. None of us were. We like the under for the win total for Chicago uh, during the offseason. But yeah. this team is headed nowhere fast. And you can make the argument Toronto is headed the same way. But 150, 
to a in regulation team. Yeah, in regulation to a Minnesota team that we've roasted all year. Minnesota looking better without Gobert being healthy is also kind of a funny side storyline. But I got to stick with the Bulls here because this team should really blow it up. And I've been talking about it for over a month. They gave up 3.125 points per minute. That's almost impossible. Yeah. In regulation. Um, Yeah. Not not exciting times if you're a Chicago Bulls fan right now. Do you think think they scapegoat the coach or do you think they actually blow it up? I feel like DeMar gets traded by the trade deadline. Do you think Levine has a decent market for him at this point? Because I I think think there are serious light concerns. I think so. I mean, it's the NBA. I think some team will go out and trade for him. And I mean, look, when he's healthy, yeah, then he's always a concern for, especially when you're a basketball player. But some team will come out and trade for him if they think mm-hmm. that they can. I don't know. I want to say put him over the top, but make him a pl- uh, make that team a playoff team. Yeah. They're, they're missing that one key score, right? You make an argument, maybe the Lakers could give it a run. I mean, yeah. who knows? But they're screwed anyway because they can't move the Lonzo deal and they gave him an extension and he's not healthy. So they're screwed no matter what. But at least yeah. you can try to potentially get a top four pick. And at worst case scenario, you could try to shed some cap room or, you know, shed some yeah. some actual salary cap expenses to create more room because whatever you're spending it on right now is clearly not working. And if you traded Levine, DeRozan, and Dash or Vucevic, you probably could get a lot of picks. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. All right, before we get into this Monday card uh, in the NBA, let me tell you guys where you can actually bet on these games. And that's going to be over at WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at win, WinBet Parlay Wheel. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets day. Offers of this change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're somebody who knows has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to, to enter the SGP mini helmet contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. All right, Scott, let's get into the Monday night schedule with the first game on the board. It's going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start. Uh, that's going to be the Utah Jazz going to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell welcomes his former team to his town, and you know he's going to be motivated for this game. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game between the Jazz and the Cavs, the number opened up minus 5.5 in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. That number is at minus six uh, across the board. 223 was the opening total for this game. That number has been bent down to 221. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens are the significant names that are out. For Utah, Colin Sexton is going to be out for this game. He's dealing, excuse me, with a right hamstring strain. And Kelly Olenek is also questionable here tonight with a sprained left ankle. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell welcoming his former team to town here. The Utah Jazz minus six is the number in this game here, Scott. What are you liking about this game? 
This game is very, very tricky because you have two phenomenal trends going against each other. You have Utah as an underdog versus Cleveland at home. And Cleveland didn't really look great over the weekend. Uh, they struggled against the Pacers, had a massive run there, and they ended up winning the game. But, oh boy, it's really tough because Utah's been playing good basketball lately. It also tells you how tough it is to win games in the NBA because Utah's been really, really good this season, and they're two games over 500. It feels like they're nine games over 500, yeah. but they're only two games over. I think I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I feel like Mitchell has a shot to go for 40 in this game. He'll be very motivated, and I think he can end up doing well because Utah has no rim protection at all. Or in most lineups, they don't. Olenek being out actually will increase the rim protection because he'll give Walker Kessler more minutes, and he's actually a good shot blocker. So yeah. I like Kessler a lot. I thought he was pretty good in limited action in North Carolina, and then he transferred over to Auburn, and then mm -hmm. he was very good there. But I think he actually gives this team more rim protection. I think he makes them a better defensive team when he's starting instead of Olenek. And I do still like Cleveland's overall roster. They still need another bench shooter that they're going to have to trade for. It, just, it is what it is. That's what they're going to have to fix. But I think I'll go with Cleveland here. Utah has been good, but a lot of their good wins recently against New Orleans twice, for example, both at home. They're traveling yeah. to the East Coast. I kind of like Cleveland in the spot. Yeah, I was. I, I like Cleveland in the spot here as well. Uh, I think, like I think we, Mitchell probably goes for like 30, 35, but yeah. I think Cleveland wins the game probably like seven, eight. Yeah. Um, I think the difference in this game is going to be, like you mentioned, that rim protection, right? Because even with uh, Walker Kessler in the lineup or in that rotation at, at the front, uh, Utah still is number 30 as far as giving up points inside the paint, 55.9 uh, so far this season where Cleveland is the number one team uh, defending the paint. Obviously, when you have guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in the front court, uh, they're help to you know anchor that room protection for you. But, I mean, you nailed it. That This is going to be a, a big game for Donovan Mitchell. I think he comes out and plays well here tonight uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like you mentioned, they are also one of the better home teams so far this season, at least against the spread, right? They're 16-13 and 13 and 2 overall against the spread, but at home this season – 11-4-1 against the spread, 10-4-1 as home favorites so far this season. So I'm going to leave with Cleveland here. Uh, they're, they, they've been a great defensive team at home. Um, and again, like we mentioned, Donovan Mitchell should get up for this game here against his former team. Uh, looking at the total in this game here, Scott, it's at 221. Cleveland has been trending towards the under in their home games. And overall, frankly, as far as the total goes, they're 19 and 12 towards the under so far this season, 10 and 6 to the under in home games, uh, 10 and 5 to the under when they are at home and home favorites uh, this season. Uh, you have any thoughts on the total? Here, Scott. I think I'm leaning over just because I think Utah is going to play up tempo like they normally do, but okay. it really is tricky with Kessler in the starting lineup instead of Olenek. Now, Olenek might play, but assuming he doesn't, suddenly you drastically improve in rim protection. We know Cleveland's very good inside the paint in terms of defense. You can make an argument the game goes under if Olenek misses. Like I think Olenek being out is actually worth several points to the under because Kessler is that much better defensively than Olenek. Yeah. And Olenek can also shoot from the outside. Kessler really can't. Right. So it kind of ruins a little bit of spacing there. Mm -hmm. I think I'll lean over, but I really don't have a strong opinion on the side or the total in this game because I feel like both lines are pretty sharp. Okay. 
Uh, I know we already talked about Donovan Mitchell as far as player props. He's currently sitting at 28 and a half at minus 140. Uh, that number is pretty much on the move to 29 and a half. But we both, I think, like here to give him at least 30 here tonight. But any other player props um, you're looking at? If I think that Kelly Olynyk's not able to go and Walker Kessler, I'm sorry, gets into that starting lineup, I'll probably look at maybe block shots or even a possibly double-double for Walker Kessler. Yeah, I think Kessler is going to have a good spot to potentially put up some numbers. He's been a good double-double guy this season at pretty large prices. It might take a while to get lines on that because you have to get confirmation that Olenek's not going to play. But you should have a lot of big bodies down low because you're going to be having Allen and potentially Kessler, and neither of them can shoot. So you're assuming they're both going to be sitting in the paint just stacking up blocks against the opposition. Yeah. What about Laurie Markkinen going up against his former team? I mark Lori Bird. You think I'm going to go against Lori Bird? I mean, guy's <laughs> been guy's been playing really well. Uh, he had the big uh, three pointer there in regulation against the uh, Pelicans in the second meeting. He's really been walking into basically 25 and 10. It feels like it almost every night with the occasional 30 piece. I would be tempted by Markin and double double, except I am concerned with the amount of good rebounders on the court. I'm not sure if Markin is going to actually have enough opportunities to get 10 rebounds. Yeah. His points prop is probably too low. It's been too low for the entire season. Markkinen's just a really good player. I'd probably look more to Markkinen threes. Days okay. I do think with the rim protection that Cleveland has with Mobley and with Allen, he might have a bit of a hard time actually getting off quality shots around the rim. Yeah, But I do think you could potentially exploit some pick and rolls with Allen, who is a decent defender on the perimeter, but definitely not great as a center. I don't mind marking in threes because I do think they might force Utah into shooting a bunch of threes because of how good the paint defense is. Yeah, currently seeing Markton's threes at two and a half for this game. Um, Doesn't that seem a little short? It does. And let's see here. Points prop is at 20 and a half at minus 115. 20 and a half is way too low for Markton, who's favored rightfully so to win most improved player. Yeah. Um, he's hit three or more three-point shots in four out of the last five games as well, shooting it at 51.4% over his last five games. And on the season, he's shooting it at 41.8%. So, yeah, I think that might be on my short list here for tonight as far as player props. That's a good call there, Scott. Mm. Uh, anything else for this game? Uh, no, not really. I feel like we, had, that we kind of went through everything. I thought about maybe Garland assists. I know I gave that out on the Friday show. Mm-hmm. I only gave it out because they were against Indiana. And yeah. that worked out. Uh, Garland, I believe, finished with 10. He still has not been that great with assists recently. But I guess the question for you, mm-hmm. if Mitchell does go for 35, how many of those baskets is Garland actually going to get assists for? Because we know Mitchell wants to ISO. But that's the problem. Like, I'm not yeah. sure Garland's going to have the ball enough to actually get 10 assists. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now it's at 7.5 for him. And I think that you probably just want to go, like, all props on Donovan Mitchell and then Laurie Markkinen, like we talked about. Garland probably won't get those assists because... I don't know if he's going to have the ball enough. Like He wants yeah. to operate in pick and roll, but if we're expecting Mitchell to go nuclear yeah. against his old team, yeah, I think they're going to force-feed ISO, ISO situations mm-hmm. for Mitchell, which basically makes Garland a spot-up shooter in the corner. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe look at his under if you want at seven and a half. Could probably find that at even money for Darius Garland here tonight. But expecting a big night uh, from Donovan Mitchell and Laurie Markkinen as they go against uh, their former uh, teams here tonight in Cleveland. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. 
Let's go with the Toronto Raptors uh, visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia 76ers in this game here tonight. Uh, Looking at the opening lines for this game, the Philadelphia 76ers open up as a seven-point favorite. That number has been bent up to seven and a half. Total open up at 219 and a half. That number has also been bet up to 220 over on win bet. Still see some 219 and a halves out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game, uh, let's start here with the road team. Toronto Raptors did play yesterday against the Golden State Warriors, where they got absolutely throttled in that game. Hell of a um, game, right? I mean, Curry's yeah. not playing. They're missing a couple pieces. Yeah, we'll let Poole go for 43 in, yeah. at home in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and also, so no injury report for them yet uh, because they get that extra time. For the Sixers, pretty clean injury report. We know about Tyrese Maxey, and only questionable tag is for Gon Korkmaz for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, this season here, Scott, on back-to-backs, Toronto is 2-2 two and two against the spread. They are 2-2 two and two on the total, but they have not been very a very good uh spread team this season 14 and 16 overall they're five and nine on the road they're four and four as road underdogs this season philly like we talked about with cleveland have been one of the better home uh, teams against the spread 16 11 and one overall they're 11 four and one against the spread at home seven four and one against the spread as home favorites but now they are going to be hosting the philadelphia uh, sorry the philadelphia uh, 76ers are going to be hosting the toronto raptors here is there a little bit of playoff revenge on the minds here for the Sixers here, Scott? Well, I don't know about revenge because the Sixers beat them last year in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah. uh, Toronto is a team that I'll admit I was wrong about, and I feel like we all were. Uh, Toronto's just not very good. And looking at the roster, I thought they would be a pretty good basketball team. Ben Vliet's been an all-star before. Scotty Barnes looks really good. One rookie of the year. We thought he would kind of build off of that. Siakam, we think, is a very good player borderline all-NBA third-team guy year in, year out. So yeah. they have a lot of pieces, but this year they really haven't pieced it together, and they've had some injuries. Ananobi's been hurt recently. Siaka missed some time. Van Vliet's missed some time. It just happens that way, but I really just don't like what I've seen from them. I don't think they have an identity. They're not as good defensively as they usually are under Nick Nurse, and offensively they're very hit or miss, and the bench isn't very good. So Toronto's got a lot of flaws. It's why they've been below 500. They're just not a good basketball team. I think I'm going to go with Philly. Now, I did pick Toronto against Philly earlier this season, and Maxi dropped about 48 points on my head, and I ended up losing. Embiid did not play in that game, kind of threw a wrinkle into everything. Toronto usually defends Embiid relatively well, so I kind of wonder if Embiid's going to struggle maybe with turnovers in this game. I don't mind maybe taking the over on Embiid turnovers. I do think Toronto might force him into making a lot of decisions with double teams and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid has a bit of a turnover fest in this game. However, there's really nothing to like about Toronto right now. They got smacked at home by an injured Warriors team that, by the way, is arguably the worst road team in the league, and they blew you out on your home floor. Now you're traveling to Philly with no time off in between. You can argue about motivation, and a Toronto will be focused to get back on track. I don't know if it matters. This team has been really bad. Philly's been good lately. Yes, they let Golden State hang around for about a half on Friday. They woke up. They won the game. They covered. It wasn't that big of a deal in the end. You still have Harden. You still have Embiid. You still have Tobias Harris and a couple other pretty good role players. I'm taking Philly. Toronto's a complete stay away for me in terms of backing anytime soon. 
I really do not like what I've seen from this team for at least the last couple weeks. It's been really ugly. I think the case really for me is that the Raptors are not very good defensively without OG Ananobi. I mean, Captain, obvious statement here, but the numbers are really reflecting that, right? 26 games with uh, OG Ananobi in the lineup, a defensive rating of 112.4 without OG Ananobi. And again, no, it's only been three games. They're given, or sorry, four games this season. But the numbers speak for themselves. They've been yeah. terrible defensively. Yeah, one, yeah, 126.7. And they've given up, let's see, 124 to the Kings. They gave up 119 to your net. And then, like we just talked about, they gave up 126 to the Golden State Warriors and uh, then last game, they, they blew a double-digit lead like in yeah. the second or third quarter. So they've had a hard time closing games as well. Yeah, I'm on Philly. Uh, you know, the crowd will be into it, but Toronto's yeah. a fade team for now. I don't think they're in as dire straits as Chicago, mm-hmm. but they might be a sneaky team to potentially blow some stuff up because it's not yeah. working right now. I think you probably agree that you would rather blow up the Chicago Bulls than the Toronto Raptors right now. Yeah. I mean, what I said was I think Chicago's in a more dire situation. Yeah. Plus, Toronto, they've made the playoffs before. They have a couple of guys on the roster of rings. They still have some young talent. I don't think Chicago has any young talent. You're looking at their team, and they have Williams, right? I mean, yeah. isn't isn't that basically it? I mean, Kobe White's been in the league for a couple of years. He's not very good. Uh, Caruso is kind of a veteran at this point. Their best three guys are veterans, and I don't think Chicago's got many young players that are actually contributing. So. Toronto has that. Barnes is in his second year. You still you don't have to completely blow the whole team up, mm-hmm. but your current core clearly isn't good enough to make any serious damage or do any serious damage. I don't think it's as bad as Chicago situation, but mm-hmm. it's not good. Toronto might want to consider maybe trading Van Vliet, maybe trading away. I don't want to say Siakam because I actually like Siakam as a player, but the point sure. is you can have a discussion. Yeah. Chicago needs to trade everybody. Um, Raptors this season on back-to-backs, like I mentioned, two and two against spread, but they're one and three uh, straight up this season. They gave up 112, 111, 118, and 108 uh, in back-to-back games here so far. Leaning towards looking at the uh, team total here tonight for the um, for the Sixers, Sixers here. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd lean that way too. I mentioned historically, that's why the total's so low. It's because Toronto historically has had a lot of defensive battles with mm-hmm. the Sixers. Didn't apply in the first meet in the season. Philly walked in and scored like 120 against this team in Toronto. Yeah. But I'm going to lean to the over as well. Philly offensively has been very good. Defensively, they can still leave a little bit to be desired on occasion. Yeah. But I'm going to lean to the over. Toronto defensively has been such a lost cause that even though they might force and beat into a bunch of turnovers, which I think is going to happen because they tend to trap them in the post, I still don't think their overall defensive rotations are good enough to limit this Philly team for 48 minutes. I think Philly will find a way. I don't mind Embiid assists in this game. Okay. Do you think Toronto willingly lets Embiid drop 40? Because I think they'll basically double team and force anybody else to beat them. But I see Embiid cooking in the first quarter, and then Toronto sends a lot of doubles, and it should have a lot of wide-open guys on the perimeter. Yeah, I think so. And I just kind of went back and looked at um, what Joel Embiid has done over the course of the regular season, at least against the Raptors. Uh, he has had, had back-to-back 30-point games against it, but the rebounding hasn't really been there for him, or at least over those last two games. Um, and he's played heavy minutes as well, 37. Uh, this was back last season. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Played him 
four times. He finished up with 36, 21, 30, and 31. So he's had okay. three out of four games go uh, at least 30 points. I, I didn't realize that he was actually doing that well scoring-wise. You mentioned the yeah. rebounding. Uh, the assist numbers aren't as high as I thought. But yeah. even with turnovers, he has had a couple of games with five turnovers, six turnovers, even a seven in there, yeah. dating back a couple of years. Yeah. So I don't know what his turnover number is, but if you want a sneaky player prop and it's around, let's say, three and a half or below, I wouldn't actually mind that. I think there's some value on it. Three and a half is the number right now, minus 105. And then for Harden, it's uh, three and a half as well, minus 125. Okay. I don't know if you have any thoughts on those turnovers, but Toronto – I got to assume at some point he's going to start doubling and you're expecting MB to travel. He's not exactly the greatest player dealing with double teams. Yeah. So I think he might tr- travel a couple times, a couple natural turnovers with centers. You have three offensive three seconds and some stuff like that. So I don't mind that, but you have to worry about a blowout. And maybe his minutes get cut a little bit, but we'll see. But I like Philly in the game. Yeah, I agree with Philly as well. Uh, do like their team total in this game here as well. Um, any other player props that you're looking at in this game here, Scott? No, not really. I thought about maybe Gary Trent, maybe Van Vliet, if you want to go for points or maybe a sneaky double-double candidate. I know he's had a couple of 10 assist games. Toronto just doesn't have an identity right now. They're really tough to back in any capacity. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, Kelly Olenek has been ruled out for tonight. Okay, uh, it's Walker Kessler double double season. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scott. Let's get over to the next game on the schedule. Let's go down to Atlanta, where the Orlando Magic are going to be visiting the Atlanta Hawks in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game for the Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Also, just did see a note that he is targeting a return for Friday this week. Uh, for Window Carter Jr., but he will be out for this game along with Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, Chuma KK, and also Jalen Suggs all out here tonight for the Orlando Magic. For the Atlanta Hawks, uh, definitely interesting uh, injury report here. Clint Capella and Jared Culver are out. The two questionable tags for tonight, John Collins and DeJounte Murray. Uh, they may be back here tonight. Both of those guys were dealing with ankle sprains for the Atlanta Hawks, so definitely keep an eye out for that. We just talked about the Magic early at the top of the show and how well they've been playing, but they are kind of in a tricky road spot here, or at least a scheduling-wise. Uh, this is their third game in four nights uh, going uh, down to Atlanta, especially here on the road. Atlanta this season, uh, let me get to the lines here first, and then we can get into the actual handicap. Uh, so this line opened up minus seven in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, that number has pretty much stayed the course at minus seven. Total open at up at 228 and a half. Now, I do see some 229 and a halves out there. I also see some 230s, 231 and a half. Sorry, 230 and a half and 231. So it looks like some money has come in on the over for this game between the Hawks and the Orlando Magic. That's because Atlanta can't play a lick of defense. But, Scott, what are you thinking about this game here? Hawks are minus seven here at home hosting the Orlando Magic. It's not a good spot for Orlando. You mentioned three games and four nights, give or take. But having said that, I am going to take the points. I just feel like there's no way I could lay seven with Atlanta right now. You mentioned that Murray and Collins might play. Do I think either of them will look sharp in their first game in several weeks? Probably not. And Orlando, as of right now, isn't resting anybody new. I thought maybe Boncaro wouldn't play. Maybe Wagner wouldn't play. But it seems like the guys that played yesterday against Boston are going to play in this game. I'm going to take Orlando. 
I mean, I didn't open up the show praising them just to fade them in the spot. I can't lay seven with Atlanta. I don't think this team is good. Trey Young's three-point numbers have been just disastrous for the last couple of weeks. I think it's because of the shoulder injury, but either way, I think Atlanta's too flawed to be laying this number. We saw Orlando score 50 points in the first quarter against this team earlier last week. I got to go with Orlando here. I think seven's too large. I think this one should be closer to, I'd say, around four and a half, five. But I like what I've seen from Orlando. I'm going to take the magic. Yeah, I think I would probably take Orlando early in this game. Maybe tired legs catch up to them in the second half. Um, But like we talked about, they've been playing great basketball, right? Kind of going back to their two home games against Toronto. They did well. Two games against Boston, one without Tatum, one with Tatum. They still did well in those two games. And they can play different brands of basketball. They can get into a shootout with you in and, and they can, you know, put up points and they can also get into defensive struggles. Um, and we've seen that over their last four games, right? Against Boston, a 117-109 final and then a 95-92 final. And then you go back uh, against Toronto, it's the same story there. Like you mentioned, these two teams did match up uh, last Wednesday where Orlando had that 50-point uh, quarter in that first quarter. And it was pretty much uh, – and we can say smooth sailing after that for the Orlando Magic in that game. They got the victory 135-124 in that game. So does Atlanta have revenge on their mind? Sure. Uh, but I think the one thing that we've kind of noticed this season is that teams that are getting players back, you know, guys like Chris Middleton, um, there's been a couple, and I, just, I can't think of it off the top of my head, that teams do struggle when they're getting key players back. And if they're – if if Atlanta does get DeJounte Murray and or John Collins back in this game here tonight, there there is a where the rhythm and the chemistry may not just be there for this team. And it wasn't uh, great to begin with. Yeah, me. right. So, yeah, I will lean Magic early in this game. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Uh, it's at 2 – let's call it 230. It's over on – 231 right now over on win bet. It's a back-to-back, so Orlando might be fatigued and all that stuff, but – they just played, and once again, Orlando scored 50 points in the first quarter. They, they, they just played the game land in the 250s. Yeah. So I think I have to lean over, don't I? I think you do. Yeah. And this Orlando also 3-1 and one against the spread in back-to-back situations, 3-1 and one to the over in back-to-back okay. games. I'll look at the over, though. Based on what yeah. I saw last meeting, nobody cared about defense. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else for this game? Any player props you were looking at? Uh, kind of hard to tell for Atlanta, especially with questionable. Tennis, Atlanta, right? I can't touch. Yeah. Maybe a Kongwu rebounds. Yeah, uh, you can make an argument. Maybe John Collins rebounds, but Capella, of course, is still out. Uh, for Orlando, it's really, really tough. I probably just blindly take Boncaro over. As far mm-hmm. as I know, the Boncaro assist train is still, you know, running pretty well, and okay. I don't think anything's really changed. I'd yeah. probably look for the over with him. I'm looking at Boncaro mostly. He's just been so good, and he's been very good against Atlanta. I think he's in line for a very good game tonight. Uh, yeah, he had. I'm trying to look find his game log. I think he had. I think he had like six and what do you have? Twenty two, six and six last. Twenty six and six. Yeah, you're right. Twenty six and six. Okay. Yeah, Either way, point is yeah. he had a very good all around game. His assists are still around three and a half or four and a half. He's been very good at getting his teammates involved, and we were pretty early to that party, and the party's still going on. So yeah. I'm gonna keep taking it. His point stat, I'm pretty sure, will be 20 and a half, 21 and a half. Uh, they've adjusted that number as the season has progressed here for Paulo Pancaro. All right, uh, Scott, anything else for this game? Let's get over. Uh, you want to get over to the next game? Oh, uh, yeah. We'll just move on. All right. 
Let's get over to ooh, the game of the night here, Scott. Yes. San Antonio Spurs <laughs> down in my part of town in H-Town here to take on the Rockets here. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Rockets open up as a four-point home favorite here. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus four. 229 on the total. Uh, that number has been bet down to 228. Some under money coming in in this matchup. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Start here with the visiting team, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, the Spurs are going to be without Josh Richardson and questionable tags for Keldon Johnson and also Romeo Langford. For the Houston Rockets, pretty clean injury report. Uh, Garrison Matthews is going to be out. He has an illness non-COVID related. And Josh Christopher is on G League assignment for the Rockets. And we know Jay Sean Tate continues to be out for the Rockets with right ankle soreness. These two teams recently matched up uh, in San Antonio where the Rockets dropped that game. I believe they were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I do remember them being favored in that game. I think it was around two. It was like a standalone yeah. game, and the Spurs came out, and they won. But San Antonio was at home, and now they're on the road. Yeah. Um, they won that game, did the Spurs 118-109 in that contest. Now, we flip it here. Rockets are favored here at home. Rockets have been pretty good on the road. Uh, sorry, at home so far this season. Despite being 14-13-2 overall on the season, they are 7-4-2 against the spread at home. Haven't been favored at home this season. So as underdogs, they are 7-4-2. Um, for San Antonio, 5-7 and seven against the spread on the road overall. 5-7 and seven as road underdogs as well. And... For the Rockets, we've talked about this last week when I took them as my dogs. They've been very good early and often. I know they lost their last game against the Portland Trailblazers, but that was a game where the Portland Trailblazers came off of that loss against the Dallas Mavericks, and none of their starters played a lot of minutes, but they took care of business. I believe that was on Saturday night uh, where Portland got the victory. But now the Houston Rockets welcome the I-10 uh, rivalry, I guess we can say, cross town against the San Antonio Spurs. Rockets favored by four here. Scott, what are you thinking about this game? So for this one, I have to right now kind of plead the fifth because I'm waiting to see if Keldon Johnson plays. He's really that big of a deal for San Antonio because San Antonio is awful defensively no matter what, but offensively they are awful. Keldon Johnson has been really, really good for the last couple of weeks scoring the basketball. The Spurs don't have much scoring depth, if any scoring depth. So if he's out, I'll take Houston. But if he plays, I might lean to San Antonio. I think he's not going to play just with the back issues. I know they just came back from a game that they choked away in the fourth quarter in Mexico, I believe, against the Heat. I'm going to lean Houston, assuming Keldon does not play, but I really want confirmation before I potentially go to the window with Houston. But I think Keldon Johnson is that valuable with this team, so give me Houston. It's really just Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell for this team, right? For yeah, but recently it's been Johnson who's taken over as the main scoring option. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely a questionable tag right now for uh, Kelvin Johnson in this game. He is. Do you think he with... plays? It's a it's a back issue. It's come yeah. out of nowhere. I don't think he's going to play. If I had to guess, did he play? Let me see if he played in the last game. Yeah, he, he played against game? Miami. He did okay. Um, and that was in Mexico City too. So it's a back contusion, which usually takes a couple days. San Antonio is not playing for anything. Yeah, I'd kind of be surprised if he suited up tonight. Yeah, if he doesn't play, I like the Rockets here tonight. I mean, it's he dropped 32 against the Rockets mm -hmm. in that earlier matchup this season. So, I mean, that's a big significant piece for them, like Scott mentioned. So, um, 
Yeah, I'll lean with the Rockets early. I think like the first half for the Rockets here as well. Uh, even if Kelvin Johnson is playing this game, I, 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 Rockets have been coming out and playing well. They've been getting off the better starts uh, this season or over the course of the past couple weeks here for the Rockets. So I'll lean with the Rockets early. Definitely wait for the Kelvin Johnson news uh, if he's going to be in this game or not. If he's not in this game, I think we both do like the Rockets. That number should move maybe what? Uh, half a point, maybe a point, Scott, in favor of the Rockets? I think it might be baked in a little bit because four okay. seems a little bit high, but you can make an argument with this roster, Keldon Johnson's worth like three points. Yeah. Because they're yeah. so bad offensively without yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any Rockets player props you may be looking at in this game? Uh, I, I could see Jalen Green having a big game, but he's he's been a little bit streaky this year, which is kind of mm-hmm. annoying. I see Pirtles back, but do you blindly kind of like Shengun rebounds? I think you just have to play his double-double because I think we played a last game against uh, the Spurs, and I believe it was at plus odds, and we had it. Uh, he cashed it fairly easily. I think it was this game. Let me double. I think it was, but let me check his double-double here tonight. I uh, don't see it listed. Oh, actually, I do. I'm sorry. Plus 215. 215's a hell of a deal. Yeah. The, the issue is they don't give him enough minutes. He gets into a lot of foul trouble. That's his problem. Yeah, he does. But I'm looking at the last couple of games, and he's played less than 25 in each of the last two games. So I'm not sure if they're pivoting a bit more, what the story is. But last meeting, by the way, he had 16 and 11 in 29 minutes against San Antonio. But I like double-double, but I wish he was playing more minutes because I really like Shingun as a player. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno Fernando has been also back, so I think they've been splitting minutes. That's probably what's scaring me off here because I, I really want Shingun to be the main option in the yeah. front court. If he's basically in a timeshare, that's going to really cut his chances of getting a double double. Yeah, do I pivot to Purtle double double? What's Purtle's odds? Uh, Purtle, let me see here. Uh, I, I don't think I don't, that, I don't know if he's going to score enough, but still. Yeah, they don't have his listed yet. Okay. Um, they do. Uh, surprisingly, they have Trey Jones at plus five twenty. Okay, I mean, I don't think he's going to get there for assists. Yeah, yeah. Turtles <laughs> played one game in the last couple of weeks against Miami. He only played twenty one minutes, but he's still at seven and seven. So if you're looking at maybe thirty minutes mm-hmm. or twenty eight minutes, I think he's got a shot at it. But as you said, there's no odds, so I can't really talk about if it's worth it or not. Uh, let's see. I don't even see his rebounds listed either. So I'll take, the the Vass- I'll take Vassal three pointers. That, that's okay. basically the main prop I'm looking at for San Antonio. Okay. Anything else for this game? Uh, not really. I'm expecting an ugly basketball game, but I'll wait to see the Kelton news. Yeah. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. Let's go over to the Dallas Mavericks headed to Minnesota, fresh off of dropping 150 on the Chicago Bulls here. Uh, Looking at the opening lines for this game, I am currently seeing that the Minnesota Timberwolves are a home underdog in this game. The Dallas Mavericks opened up as a minus four-point favorite. That number has been bet down to minus three, minus three and a half over on win bet currently. Total opened up at 227 and a half. That number has been bet up to 228. Still see some 227 and a halves out there. Uh, for injury-related news, let's check the injury report here. Let's start here with the road team, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Davis Bertans is questionable here tonight. Illness, non-COVID-related. Uh, Luca is also questionable tonight with a, excuse me, a right quadricep strain. Josh Green has been ruled out for this game, right elbow sprain as well. 
Tim Hardaway Jr., questionable illness. Uh, and we know about Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell is also questionable here tonight. So four key guys, or at least three key guys that are part of the rotations, Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dwight Powell have questionable tags here tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. Minnesota, like I mentioned, uh, played yesterday against Chicago Bulls. They have extra time to submit that injury report. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three and a half in favor of the Dallas Mavericks going into Minnesota here tonight. So it might be too early because the sample size is small. I don't want Gobert to play in this game. I think Minnesota looks better with him off the floor. And I know it's basically been two games, but Minnesota's looked pretty good in those two games without him. But I love Minnesota here. Even before the Luka injury, I, I really think it's a great spot for Minnesota. You won comfortably. You got to basically bench some of your starters in the fourth quarter because you were up by 30 against Chicago. And you're looking at really what Dallas is. They're a good home team and a horrible road team. And that's when healthy. That doesn't even include Luka potentially not playing. So with the injury concerns and with all the issues Dallas has had on the road, I love Minnesota here getting points. I don't know why they're getting points. The fact that Luka is questionable for this game means that this game, in my eyes, should be a pick Mm-hmm. I understand you could argue about fatigue with a back-to-back for Minnesota, but it was a blowout in the first leg, so you got to rest your guys a little bit more in the second half. Can you explain to me why Dallas is favored on the road? This team's horrible on the road. Um, I know Minnesota's not a good overall team, but neither is Dallas, so I don't yeah. really understand this one at all. Maybe because it's a back-to-back situation. That's what I was Maybe saying, but Dallas is so bad number. on the road, and Luka might not play anyway. I don't know how much it matters. Yeah, maybe also Minnesota is one and three against spread in back-to-back situations. They are three and one to the over as well. But I'm trying to pull up the offensive efficiency numbers for the sorry the Minnesota Timberwolves without Rudy Gobert. Yeah, just pull up the last two games because I think Gobert's missed the last two games. So let's see here. It's got to be in the top like five. I mean, they just scored 150 points. So he's played. uh, Sorry, he's missed four games this season. For the Minnesota Timberwolves. So last game, like we mentioned, 150 against the Bulls. The Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls. Uh OKC Thunder, they put up 112. And then they put up 107 in a loss against the New York Knicks. And then they put up 129 against the Rockets without Rudy Gobert. Um, and just looking at offensive efficiency rating without Rudy Gobert. Uh, let me just do this on NBA.com slash stats. That might make it easier. Um Give me a second here. Um, let's filter that down to last two games. Get stats. I'm assuming Minnesota's top five in the last two games. That will be advanced. Last two games. Minnesota is number one. Okay, there you go. One, Yeah, 128.4. Obviously, that does have a lot to do with... The 150 outline. Yeah, the 150 as well, but... um. Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, especially with the spacing issue there, Scott, that this team is just not very uh, good with him on the floor. I like Nas Reed. Like, I don't think Reed's a bad player. I think he's been a pretty good spot starter. I do think he's going to be missing this game because I did see an alert that... Let's see here. Uh, was it yesterday Nas Reed had left the game and then he didn't return? Yeah, he left Sunday's game uh, with a... I think it's a shoulder issue and he didn't return, but he's yeah. not... I see these. So we might have something to keep an eye on. 
I was going to say, I see that he's questionable, but the yeah. point is Minnesota's had other options at center. Yes, he might not play. I like the over if he doesn't play because assuming Gobert's out, they don't have any centers. So I think you're going to see a faster pace game. But I think I have to like Minnesota here, especially getting points against a horrible road team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll get to this news note in a second here. But uh, on the total here, Scott, what are you liking? I, I really need to know if Gobert's playing or not. I, I think yeah. it's such a huge That's deal. Yeah. Uh, it seems like according to now, he's going to play. However, I, you know what? He's going to play. I'm going to lean to the under. Okay. I think Gobert's going to be back in the lineup, but I'm, I like Minnesota anyway. It's mostly just fading Dallas on the road. I don't think Doncic is going to play. I think it's kind of a 50-50 shot right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to lean under because Dallas plays slow anyway. Yeah. But without Luka, the offense really has nothing. Yeah. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Um, can't really, I mean, if we could get into player props here, anything that we do like, at least for the Minnesota side, but again, I think it, there's something listed for this game. I don't see. Yeah. So no, no. player props. You have, too, you have too many key pieces that might play, might not yeah. play. So you're not going to yeah. get any props. Um, one news that I do need to mention as far as the injury report, OG and Anobi is now listed questionable okay. uh, for this game. That helps, the, but I, I still don't like Toronto, but that might make me lean a bit more to the under, but yeah. Yeah, you know, that's basically it. Also, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable for Monday as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, check those injury reports, guys, before you actually put it in your bets. I, I, I'll i be honest. I usually wait till closer to game time with some of these injuries that do happen because guys get ruled in and out, um, mm-hmm. and that can really mess with your, uh, your bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. Let's go over to possibly the game of the night. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks in the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Looking at the opening line for this game, the Milwaukee Bucks are a one-point favorite on the road here. Uh, do still see minus one consensus across the board. Over at win bet, the Bucks are actually a minus one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, total opened up at 226-and-a-half. That number has been bet up to 227-and-a-half. Also see some 228-and-a-halves out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the road team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Everybody is a go in this game, except for Chris Middleton. He is going to be out with right knee soreness. For the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Brandon Ingram continues to be out. Larry Nance Jr. is doubtful tonight with right Achilles soreness, but everybody else is a go uh, for this game. Uh, Big matchup here between two teams that are Close to or atop of their respective conferences here, Scott. Milwaukee currently over on win bet laying minus one and a half. What do you like about this game? I think this one's a bit tricky, but I'm th- I think I'm gonna lean to Milwaukee. New Orleans is really, really good at home. It's why the spread's so short. It's why people think that this could be a bit of a trap line, which it might be. I really don't like New Orleans late in games. And I have a ticket on the guy. I think you do too to win coach of the year for Willie Green. Yeah. I really hate his decision making in the fourth quarter late in games. It's been it's been a mess the last couple of weeks. Milwaukee's a well-oiled machine. I know Middleton's out, and I understand that New Orleans had a couple of winnable games there against Utah and against Phoenix, and they blew some big leads in there on the road in both those games. They're returning home. I get the crowd helps. I cannot get over how bad they are late in games. I just can't do it. I'm going to link to Milwaukee. I think that Milwaukee right now is the best team in the league, or at least top two. 
I think it's either them or Boston right now. Yeah. So I'll take Milwaukee. If New Orleans wins, would I be shocked? No. But New Orleans scores a bunch of points in the paint, and Milwaukee's got arguably the best rim protection in the league. You can argue them or Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I think Milwaukee's actually a bad matchup for New Orleans because New Orleans really isn't great at shooting from the outside. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think Giannis has a field day. I think he might go for 40 in this game. But give me Milwaukee. I think they match up pretty well against New Orleans, and I, I don't like how New Orleans has lost three straight. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? Bill? Uh, New Orleans is number three in the entire league as far as scored points scoring points inside the paint, 56.3. Um, and Milwaukee, like you mentioned, does defend the paint very, very well when you have Brooke Lopez, a front runner right now for you know defensive player of the year, Giannis, throwing Bobby Portis in there as well, um, and they defend the paint very well. And as far as three-point shots uh, allowed, I think that might be the difference here. Milwaukee, sorry, New Orleans allows about 20, sorry, 12.8 makes per game, which ranks number 21. Uh, their percentage allowed is at 34% at uh, number three in the entire league. But I think they have the better shooters, I would say, do the Milwaukee Bucks in this game. Murphy's uh, been slumping a bit but yeah. for New Orleans, but you're looking at also the attempts. New Orleans really doesn't attempt that many threes, so I don't think they really have a plan B if Milwaukee is able to shut down the paint. Yeah. Pelicans only get up about 30 per game, which ranks number 29. Um, and then the Milwaukee Bucks get up about 37.4, which ranks number seven in the entire league. And also New Orleans Pelicans allowing 45 attempts per game, which ranks number 27. So maybe some three-point props here tonight. Um, yeah, I don't like the way uh, the Pelicans have been playing as of late as well. I think the advantage for the Milwaukee Bucks in this game is probably going to be guys like Giannis should be able to finish around the basket. Um, and then the three-point shooting here tonight as well for the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe like guys like Grayson Allen, Pat Covington may be able to knock down their shots here tonight for uh, Milwaukee. Uh, maybe like an assist prop for Giannis. But let's get over to the total here, Scott, before we get into the player props. That number is currently sitting at two, 27 and a half. Uh, that number feels right. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean over, but I really don't have a strong opinion on this game at all for the, for the total. Uh, I'm going to, I like Milwaukee as my favorite play, but I think I'll lean over, but I don't have anything strong. You, uh, nine and three to the under is Milwaukee in road games. Uh, and they're seven and two to the under, uh, in the road games where they are favored. Uh, Again, it's a very, it's a very sharp or not sharp line, but it's a very close line to minus one, minus one and a half. You can see some pickums out there, but, uh, overall on the road, like I mentioned, Milwaukee is nine and three to the under new Orleans, nine and six towards the under at home as well. So uh, I think I like Milwaukee team total over, but I'm not, I'm not fully sure about the full game here. I think Milwaukee's going to win. I think Giannis goes nuts. Uh, we know Valanciunas is a good player, but, I'm curious how they divide up the minutes with the big men now that Nance Jr. might be out. Do you give Valanciunas more minutes? Do you kind of pivot? I don't know what you're going to do there, but Zion doesn't guard anybody. So I think that you could see Giannis get to the paint a lot. Milwaukee might clean up on the glass. Do you think Vucevic has – not Vucevic, sorry. Do, do, I think, do you think Valanciunas has maybe a double-double value prop or something there because Nance Jr. might be out? Yeah, and he's going to have to also be out there because – Brooke Lopez. Well, and the problem, yeah. Also, we have to men- think about is Brooke Lopez. Is he going to pull Valanciunas out because we know Brooke Lopez can knock down those three point shots? Is Lopez actually a good three point shooter though? He's not. He, 
but that's, that's what I'm saying. Him up. People think he is because he's a center that shoots a lot of them, but he's usually around low 30s in percentage. Yeah. Uh, let me see his actual number here. Brooke Lopez on the season is shooting it at 39.2%. Really? I didn't realize he was that high. In years past, he's usually in the low 30s. Yeah. He's struggling over the last five games where he's at 21.4. Okay. So, yeah, that might All be right. what it is. Um, player props for this game, Scott? Well, I mentioned Valanciunas. Do, do we yeah. think he gets a bump in minutes? I think he kind of has to, right? Especially if Larry Nance is questionable tonight. You're going to have to wall off Giannis. I'm sorry. What did you say? You have to wall off Giannis somehow. So yeah. You're going to need a center for that. So I wouldn't mind Valanciunas props if you think he gets a boost in minutes. Okay. Uh, Drew Holiday revenge game? Is it too far removed? He has a ring. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what the statute of limitations are for revenge games. You know, like yeah. they traded him away three, four years ago. If anything, Drew's going to be happy to see his old team because they traded him to get a ring. Yeah, that's that's so, a good argument. Yeah, he might, he might score less points, you know, out of pity. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, no, not really. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. Uh, Actually, maybe Grayson Allen three-pointers. Yeah, I was going to talk about Pat Covington and... Middleton's out, so I'm assuming Allen's also going to get a boost in minutes. Let's see. So, Grayson Allen's at one and a half, and... It's probably heavily juiced. No, minus 115 is what I see. Really? Okay. I'll take that. We said that New Orleans isn't the greatest at guarding the three, and they're going to have to create a wall for Giannis. You get a lot of Mm -hmm. kick-out opportunities. New Orleans isn't a great defensive team for three-pointers from what I can remember. So I'll go no. with uh, Grayson over one and a half. That number seems very short. Yeah, I was looking for content as well, but he's not listed yet. He's the he bench comes player, off the bench, so, yeah, yeah, for them. Okay. All right, now let's get over to the next game of the night. Let's go over to the Portland Trailblazers in OKC here tonight. To take on the Thunder, uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Portland Trailblazers are a seven and a half point uh, favorite here. That number is at minus seven now across the board. Two twenty seven was the total uh, opening number. That number has been bet up to two twenty eight in this game. Looking at the injury report for this game, let's start here with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Jeremy Grant questionable tonight. Uh, with back spasms, Josh Hart is probable, and Yusuf Nurkic is probable here tonight. I did see he did get downgraded to questionable. Let me get the most updated. Uh, in, I see. In I see report. questionable. Personally, yeah. But. Let me pull up the most updated. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Do you think OKC has a shot with no Shaq and no Giddy and no Giddy? Yeah. Uh, so no. Well, yeah. No Giddy, no Shea, no Trey Man. He got assi- uh, to uh, assigned to G League. Trey, sorry, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is also out. So, a lot of missing parts here for the OKC Thunder. I mean, you're reading off this lineup. You have Williams, Joe, Dort, Omarui, who uh, I I think I remember at Rutgers. I don't think he was that bad at Rutgers. But then you have Pokashevsky. If that was your starting lineup for the entire season. Are you even winning 15 games? My number that came to my mind was 12. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. aren't we blindly taking Portland? Because I don't know how this OKC team is going to do anything. Yeah. Um, let me see Portland's schedule. I know they came off of the game against the Rockets, but are they on a front end of a back-to-back? But it Which says is- Omaru you went to Oregon. Am I confusing big men? 
Why did I think Who? he went to Rutgers? Omarui. Uh, I'll have to look why, that. Why did uh, I think he went to Rutgers? Hmm. So this is a back-to-back situation. Uh, they played two games in a row. OKC okay. tonight, and then OKC Wednesday again. Okay, so this is why I got confused. Omar, there's another Omar Rui that played for Rutgers. It's a different guy. How was I okay. supposed to know it was a different guy? It's not a common last name. Uh, yeah. I thought it was the same guy. It's not. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I was thinking of Clifford Omar Rui. Okay, my bad. Uh, so I think, yeah, we both like Portland here tonight. Uh, Scott, I have maybe to. This, OKC, come back. This, was, this was like a tank job from yeah. OKC. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the total here? Maybe Portland tr- Blazers, Trailblazers team total? Yeah, I can't take a full game because I don't know how much OKC contributes, but yeah. Portland got smacked by Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good spot for them to win a road game against a team that's arguably the worst starting lineup in the league uh, this season. San Antonio against uh, Toronto earlier this season when they lost by 40. I think it's going to be the leader in the clubhouse, but this is pretty close. Yeah. Uh, uh, any player props you may be looking at? I want to take Lillard, but I'm concerned about a blowout factor. Yeah. It's it's pretty tricky. Damian Lillard twenty eight and a half as far as points, and then his three point shots tonight four and a half at even money. Anthony Simons three and a half minus one thirty five. But who do you think gets the rebounds if if Merck is not able to go in this game? And we know OKC is a bad rebounding team. Eubanks. Yeah, he'd probably start for them, right? I'd have to for, assume so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Portland on the season, 12-5 and five against spread on the road. They're a perfect 3-0 and o as road favorites um, this season as well. 3-1 and one to the over when they are road favorites as well. Sorry, 2-1 uh, and one to the under when they are road favorites. So I'd probably just look at Portland team total over in this game. And I think we both like Portland here tonight, especially with the lineup the OKC Thunder are throwing out there. Scott, anything else for this game? I think for a player prop, I'll – I'll blindly consider taking the over for Dort, either on points or threes. Who else is supposed to shoot for this team? Like, I got to assume Dort becomes the main option. Okrushevsky? Uh, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, sure, I, I guess. But if we're going by the by trying to guess who's going to be the volume guy, Dort at least is a veteran who's had some big offensive games in the past. Yeah. I got to assume that Dort should get a massive boost in overall workload with Shea and Giddy being out. I'd look for Dort props if you want to take anything OKC related. Yeah. Uh, Jake pointing out Josh Hart rebounds over seven and a half if uh, Nark is not able to go tonight. I kind of like that. Jake mentioning Dort at 18 and a half. Yeah. Is he blowout proof? Like, OKC is so bad. Aren't you blindly going to give the starters 30 minutes? You have to. Even, like, half of your team is compromised. Your and even out, if, so yeah. I you're going to have to be out there regardless. I have to let Dort over because I don't know if he's going to get benched if they're down 30 halfway through the third quarter. So yeah, he's at 18 and a half. Let me see. Doesn't that seem short based on who should be taking the shots for this team? I think so. I mean, like, especially with Giddy and... Shea being, uh, being out. And I'm trying to pull up his numbers here without those two guys in the lineup. I don't know if it would let me do both, but let me see. I think you just got to go through the game log. But. Ah, yeah. So, yeah. That's why I love Stat Muse. So, three games without both SGA and Giddy 24, 23, and 20. It's at 18 and a half. 
I don't know what the, what are the minutes with with uh, those three games. 31, 34, 30. I I think he's going to get a bunch of minutes. So that's that's got to be on my. I don't know if those games were close or not. Um, I'll, here, all right. Let me quickly go. No, through you you don't have to. It's it's fine. I'm so the most recent one was the victory over the Grizzlies, one fifteen, one oh nine. But that was a game where Ja got ejected, right? I think they were already losing pretty handily at that point. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and then against San Antonio, one eleven, one nineteen, they won. And then against Minnesota, 116-106 losers. Okay. But uh, the point is there have been no blood, so I can't fully yeah. test out my theory that he'll play a bunch of minutes anyway. Yeah. But 18 and a half sounds too low. You said three separate games with 20-plus points. Yep. I think there's value on door. Yeah, love it. All right. I'm going to write that one down. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, no, I got nothing. All right, let's move over to the final two games of the evening. Let's start here with the L.A. Lakers in Phoenix to take on the Phoenix Suns here tonight. This line opened up in favor of the Phoenix Suns, minus 8.5. That number's been bet all the way up to minus 10. Starting to see some minus 10.5s pop up as well. Total up at about 230.5. That number has been bet up to 231, 232. I see at a book. As well, over on WinBet, currently it's at 230 and a half. So uh, keep that in mind. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, the Lakers did play last night, so not yet when submitted. For the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, questionable. Devin Booker, questionable. Um, Jock Lindell is out, and he's in concussion protocol. Campaign is also out. Uh, he's dealing with right foot strain, and that is pretty much it. So, Two big questionable tags here for the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to go and assume that at least Devin Booker is going to play here tonight. Um, I think he has to. He scored 58 last game. I yeah. mean, there's no reason for him to sit out uh, tonight. I, but I'm just confused by the line move. It, it opened up at eight. Now it's at around 10. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix's best two players or two of their best three players are questionable. And it went up two. Po- Am I missing something? Might just be a fact that Lakers are on a back-to-back again. No, I get it, but yeah. a two-point move, and you're not sure if Phoenix is going to be without two of its best three players. Like that doesn't check out. Yeah, uh, Lakers this season on back-to-backs are one and two against the spread, and they are a perfect three and zero to the over in back-to-back games so far this season. But Scott. Uh, Phoenix 10 and 6 against the spread at home. They are 9 and 6 against the spread when they are favored at home this season. Uh, Lakers coming off of the uh victory last night against the Wizards 119 117, I think was the final there. Mm. Um, we know that Anthony Davis is going to be missing about a couple weeks, if not at least a month, for the LA Lakers in this game. Uh, sorry for, for this team, but let's start with the side here. We mentioned it two point move with two of their best. Drew out of the three best players being questionable here tonight. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? I got to assume Aiden and Booker are going to play based on the line move. I, I don't understand this line move at all. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming somebody knows something. And Booker and Aiden wouldn't miss this game for the world because they love embarrassing the Lakers, especially on their home floor. Yeah. If they both play, I'm taking Phoenix. Okay. I think Phoenix beats the crap out of them. Yeah. They had a thrilling comeback against New Orleans over the weekend. Booker scored 58. I mentioned it before. You're looking at the Lakers, and they beat the Wizards. Congrats. They had a nice comeback win against Denver on Friday night. But I think Phoenix is just a horrible matchup for them because unlike the Lakers, they have an actual bench. I think I'm looking at Phoenix, 
but there's a no way I'm going to actually pull the trigger until I have confirmation about Aiton and Booker. Okay. A um, couple of things to point out. These two teams did match up earlier this season in a 115-105 victory for the Suns. But in that game, Scott, Anthony Davis, 37-21. Lonnie Walker had 24 points in that game. That was LeBron, the early shove game. Yeah, and LeBron did not play in that game uh, for the L.A. Lakers. But I, I got to go with Phoenix here, man. I I. I got to assume somebody knows something about Aiden and Booker playing. The line movement doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah. And that was a game uh, they didn't have Chris Paul either. So some guys were missing in that game for both teams. But Mikael Bridges had 25 in that game. Devin Booker had 25 in that game. And like I mentioned, the Suns won by 10. I think this is a smash spot here for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and again, if both of those guys are in the lineup here tonight, I, I really like the team total to go over for the um, Lakers, sorry, for the Phoenix Suns uh, in this game. But um, up on the total here. I think I'll lean over, but okay. eh, Phoenix team total over probably. Yeah. Uh, all right, player props. I'm looking at Thomas Bryant double-double yeah, around was, two to one. Yes. Uh, but I think it's a good price. The thing is, Bryant barely got much run time before AD got injured. Mm-hmm. If they get blown out, are you still giving Bryant like a decent amount of minutes? I think you have to, right? I, I don't know if you have to because they're getting killed anyway, but I looked at LeBron double-double at plus 125, which I thought, you know, maybe, eh. But I think there's some value on Bryant. He had a double-double last game. Yeah. And there's a chance, I guess, that Aiden doesn't play, but Biombo is a good rebounder. I don't know. Kind of just speculating here. I don't mind Chris Paul assists. I think he might have a good game passing the ball. But, yeah, I, I just think that you have to be worried about blowouts. But I think Bryant is undervalued. Phoenix, uh, over the last five games, are number 29 out of 30 teams rebounding-wise. And I think those are games without DeAndre Ayton. Okay. So keep an eye on Ayton, but Bryant double-double, I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? I mentioned Chris Paul assists. But yep. that's kind of it. Okay. Especially with campaign being out. So he should get, I don't want to say a boost in minutes. He's Chris Paul, but you get my point. Yeah. I kind of want to see what he's done over the last couple games here. As I think he's 13 against the Pelicans in the last game. I think. Yeah. 13 against, no, 13 against the Clippers. And Sorry, he had okay. eight okay. against the uh, Pelicans. Hey, he faced uh, two teams who he uh, previously played for in back to back games. The Pelicans one was tricky because how's he supposed to get assists when Booker's isolating for 58 points? Yeah, yeah, so I agree. Uh, all right, let's get over to the last game of the night. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets in Sacramento to take on the Kings in this game. Do we need uh, to go through the injury report or anything? I mean, do you think the Charlotte's going to play any defense? I mean, that's that's really the question, isn't it? Charlotte's falling off a cliff with Lamelo Ball being back, yeah. And they gave up one of the greatest stat lines to an opposing center of all time last night. Yeah. So, uh, well, I just want to make sure that he's playing here tonight. He, uh, do they play yesterday? Yeah, they or played. It? They played the Nuggets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, if Lamelo Ball is in, you already know I'm automatically be playing the over in this game. Uh, but for Sacramento, pretty clean injury report. Nobody is listed there except for one guy, but he's on G League assignment. Um, <coughs> sorry, uh, let's start with the, the opening lines here. Minus seven in favor of the Sacramento Kings. That number's been a bit all the way up to minus 10 in this game here, Scott. 
Uh, total open about 240. That number's been bet up to 241. Starting to see some 241s and uh, halves pop up as well. Kings um, 125 and a half. Oh, the Kings? Yeah, it's about oh, 125 God. and a half. That's okay. <laughs> All right, I, I, I can't really blame him. Well, I can't blame him, but that's such a huge number. Are you just blindly taking Sabonis rebounds? You have to. I think you have to. They, get, they get twenty to Yo- They get twenty-seven to Jokic. They can't rebound Sabonis even at a twenty-rebound game last week. Assuming that they don't blow him out by eighty in the first half, and Sabonis plays like thirty minutes, he has a shot to go for twenty and twenty. He probably gets those 13 rebounds in the first half, too, or he gets a double-double by the first half. Yeah, he probably should. Um, it's 10 right now, Scott. What do you think about the side? I think I have to lean to the Kings. I, I This Charlotte team is so bad. Clifford called out the entire team earlier this week, and they got arguably worse defensively. Like, this is just <laughs> bad. This is really bad. You get called out after giving up 140 in the overtime game against Detroit, and they immediately give up 120-plus to Atlanta, and Denver scores 119. I think I have to go with Sacramento. I I, re- I really like the Sacramento team. You got to like the beam, man. You got to win by 20 points. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the, a lot of the numbers that we're kind of looking at as far as stats go, it just kind of points towards a lot of points being scored in this game. Um, Charlotte, number eight, as far as points inside the paint, Sacramento's 13, but both teams, as far as allowing points inside the paint, 22 and 26, respectively. Sacramento does allow a 36.8 uh, three-point percentage to their opponents, which ranks number 25, uh, but they only give about 11.3 makes per game as well. And... Um, they are number one as far as three-point attempts allowed, so that just kind of tells you they're doing a great job of, of closing out on shooters uh, in their games. Both teams are top ten in pace as well here uh, tonight, Scott, but probably the biggest total we've seen uh, this season. I know there probably has been another 240, 242 uh, this season, but we think about the total in this game. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm really torn here because I'm not sure if Charlotte's going to run out of gas. We saw it against Atlanta. They scored yeah. 14 points in the fourth quarter. I I guess I have to lean over, but I don't really feel great about taking a total in the 240s over in today's NBA right now. Yeah. I think I'm leaning under, but I really don't have a strong opinion on it at all. I would probably look at a first half over. The first half over I love, but the full game I'm worried about one bad quarter. Yeah, and that's where yeah, your your total can go to dive. Seen that more times than not, but yeah, I'll probably go first half over. When it gets to that 240 range, you kind of want to stay away from it. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where we see both these combined for like 250 points. It's like 120. They both put up 123 points each. Fire um, props in this game, Scott. Looks like a game, obviously, for overs with a, such a big total. Sabonis. We talked about Sabonis, yeah. Like plus 440, which is not worth any of my time. I like the rebounds for Sabonis. I think he has a serious shot to go for 20 and 20. It might be something we need a ladder. It might be. I'm worried yeah. about the blowouts, but assuming that he plays at least three quarters of normal workload, yeah. he really could have like 17 rebounds through three quarters. Yeah. Um, his, doubles, his double-double is minus 700 tonight. That sounds about right. <laughs> I can't take triple-double uh, at 440. There's no value there at all. Yeah. So. Um, 
P-A-R, sorry, P-R-A for him tonight. I'm just looking at rebounds alone. Let me okay. see what this is. It's probably going to be like 13 and a half or something. It's 12 and a half at minus 150. was pretty much just telling you it's 13 and a half. Okay. Yeah. I mean, once again, Jokic at 27 last night. Yeah. I, mean, and I, and I, I have to like the over for Sabonis rebounds. Yeah. Last four meetings um, against this Hornets team, 15. He had a game where he only had six, but he only played 22 minutes in that game. And then 18 and then 16. So. I, I think he you walks into like yeah. 16 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? Maybe Malik Monk revenge game here tonight uh, when those props come out for bench players? Uh, i probably take the threes instead of his overall points, but okay. yes. I mean, all right. Anything else? Any, you can pick any over you want. Charlotte doesn't guard anybody. Yeah. You can pick anyone you want. It's just a matter of who's going to actually show up. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on that injury report. Since it is a back-to-back, maybe LaMelo Ball doesn't play here tonight. I Uh, lost on it last game, but mm -hmm. I I mentioned it to you via text message. Mm -hmm. It was was, uh, De'Aaron Fox double-double at around 7-1 to in that game against Atlanta. In that last game he played. And he finished one assist short. Yeah. But if you're looking at double-double for Fox in this game, it should be a very nice price. Uh, the price for double double is plus uh, three eighty. Yeah. Once like again, it. their team totals one twenty five and a half. Don't you kind of have to take the over there? Yeah, you have to. Plus three eighty. They're expecting the Kings to basically score one thirty. Yeah, uh, I mean. It's it's a question of the assists, right? Like you know, yeah. you, you know he's going to put up the points, but if they're able to knock down their three point shots here tonight, with it's whether it's Kevin Herter or if he's in there with Malik Monk or whatever the case might be, um, he should be able to get into ten assists. But you know, like you mentioned the last game where he took that double double at seven to one, he fell one assist short of getting uh, that double double here. But yeah, especially with such of a big total here, Scotty, yeah, you kind of you you have to look at the overs in this game uh, and double doubles in this game. That's how I'm looking at it. So plus 380, I think, is a bargain. Uh, maybe you could find a better price if you only take the assists. You take an alternative assist number. Uh, I'm just trying to see quickly if I could find it. But once again, their team totals in the 125 range. So you're <laughs> expecting the Kings to score a ton of points in every quarter. And I see 380 is basically the best price I'm going to get for double-double. Fox, 10-plus assists. I see plus 400 on the okay. assists for Fox. So I don't think he's I don't think he's got a shot to get ten rebounds. So I'll no. take the four to one on ten plus assists. Yeah, and his uh, assists overall or the number is at six and a half at minus one twenty. So maybe you want to let this another ladder you would probably want to do assist for Fox all the way up to ten, and then Sabonis take it all the way up to twenty. Sabonis is my favorite ladder for the rebounds, but yes. Yeah, I agree. Anything else for this game? No, I think we should just get into the lock and dog. Yeah, let's do it. All right, before we get into the lock and dog, let me tell you guys about Dave. And look, it's the holiday season, guys, and you know a lot of us we've been in the situation where we we were kind of in a pinch for money, right? We're waiting for our next paycheck to use for you know Christmas gifts or, or just kind of just catch up on bills. And and it's really sometimes we get those unexpected expenses that do come up, whether our car broke down. Uh, whether you got to fix something around the house at this time of year, whatever the case might be. And, you know, like with the holidays here, you might be wondering how you're going to be able to make ends meet and shower your loved ones with gifts or even just catch up on those bills, right? And that's where Dave comes in. Dave can help you get out of the pen so you can enjoy the holiday season without having to worry about that, you know, 
extra money where it's going to come from. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck or just struggling to make ends meet, the holidays may be a really stressful time. But Dave, you can get your money sooner so you can spend more time enjoying the holidays with your loved ones, not having to worry about how much money you have to get through the week. Dave is a banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, no late fees or credit checks. There's more money to buy those last minute gifts or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief so they uh, they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and just need some extra help, download the Dave app and think of it as a helping hand from your future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now or go to dave.com slash SGPN. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking service provided by Evolve Bank Trust and member FDIC. All right, Scott, it's that time. Let's get into our lock and dog for this uh, Monday schedule here in the uh, NBA. I'll let you lead it off, buddy. What do you got for your lock and dog? I have a couple options here. Uh, Sabonis rebounds looks really, really nice. Uh, I really find that hard to pass on. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Sabonis assists. Uh, you said it was currently at 13 and a half and it was like heavily juiced or it was 12 and a half heavily. So it's 12 and a half at minus 150. Uh, let me look on the app that I use where we can find the best number available. I see 13 and a half at plus 105. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's the lock, so I can give out a minus play. I'll take some bonus rebounds at 12 and a half. Okay. I can't really resist here. Hornets yeah. are an awful rebounding team. They gave up 27 to Jokic last game. I think Sabonis can walk into 20 rebounds. I said it before. So give me Sabonis over 12 and a half rebounds at around minus 150 as my lock. Okay. And what do you got for your dog? So for my dog, I am going to go to the Timberwolves. I'll take Minnesota. I've roasted this team for a decent portion of the year, rightfully mm-hmm. so. But I kind of have to like this overall spot since you're looking at Dallas on the road being atrocious. Minnesota offensively has kind of pieced it together recently. Mm-hmm. I think there's some value there. Of course, I like my long shot dog being De'Aaron Fox, you know, 10 plus assists at four to one. But I'll go with Minnesota. I like the money line there at around plus 145, plus 150. I'll fade Dallas on the highway. I can't argue against that, my man. Uh, all right. So, lock for. Scott, it's going to be Sabonis rebounds, um, 12 and a half, 13 and a half, wherever you do find the number. I think this guy walks into, like we mentioned, at least 15. Won't be surprised if he gets into 20 here tonight against the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And then for his dog, going with Minnesota uh, against the Dallas Mavericks here tonight on their home floor as a road, uh, sorry, home underdog are the Minnesota Timberwolves here tonight. All right. Love it, Scott. Um, for my lock, give me Phoenix minus 10. Okay. I think it's a smash spot. Lakers on a back-to-back. I think think it's a smash spot if Booker and Aiden are playing. Yeah. That's kind of the one thing that's scaring me off, but based on the line movement, I'm assuming they're both going to play. I think, yeah. I think Booker goes. I I think Booker goes. I'll go ahead and give it out. I it. I don't think this line will move too much if because I think it's kind of baked in the corner that in that area where it's like half an hour, like you mentioned, somebody knows 
that they, one of those two guys, if not both of those guys, are going to play here tonight. I, I think Booker goes here tonight. So I'll go Phoenix minus the 10 against the Lakers. Um, we talked about the game earlier this season where Phoenix did win that game by 10. Well, that was without LeBron, but also a game where AD just went absolute nuclear, 37 points, 21 rebounds in that game. No AD, like we mentioned, at least for a few weeks for this Lakers team. Um, I think they'll just give up the points here to this uh, Phoenix Suns team. So I'll go with the Suns minus 10 here tonight, uh, hosting the LA Lakers who are on a back-to-back. Will we surprised if we see Laker, uh, if LeBron sits in this game, Scott? It wouldn't totally surprise me because it is a back-to-back, but yeah. if – it depends on how you define sitting because you might just argue LeBron plays a little bit. They get killed and he gets pulled. I mean, there's yeah. a couple ways he could get some rest in this game, but the Suns are the much better team. It's not close. They yeah. should win this game by at least 15 if everyone's playing. Yeah. Uh, for my dog. Um, Takes hmm. a bonus 20 rebounds. No, let me see. <laughs> let me see the max for rebounds. for Yeah. Some yeah. Check that out. Um. Mm-hmm. I see 16 at plus 230, which I probably will blindly take on my own. Yeah. Do you see what Donovan Mitchell is for 35? Okay. Uh, let me pull that up. I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere around like 150 because his number is roughly like 28 and a half. Uh, yeah. Let me just see what it is. Um. Okay. Let me just see. It is 220. Okay. What's 30? 30 is minus 110. All right. Let's go, obviously, 35 here for Donovan Mitchell tonight. Um, 40 is uh, 5 to 1 for just for reference, which is a horrible deal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just 35. Even. Yeah. 35 at plus 230, you said? Uh, uh, yes. It is uh, plus 220. Okay. Plus 220. All right, I'll go Donovan Mitchell to score at least 35 here tonight, plus 230, going up against his former team here um, in the Utah Jazz on their home floor. Uh, Again, you talk about motivation. Yeah, motivation, just get up spot, a game that you probably have circled on the calendar. And we know Donovan Mitchell can put up the points too, right? Like he's he's one of the Mm. better scorers in the league. Um, So I think that he comes out and just absolutely dominates on the floor here tonight, scoring the basketball. We know he doesn't play any defense, but uh, as far as scoring the basketball, give me Donovan Mitchell all day. So for my dog, Donovan Mitchell, at least 35 points here tonight at plus 220. I'll blindly take the Sabonis rebounds 16 at – well, whatever number I said, it's pl- it's, cap- pl- it's it's a hell of a deal. I, I can't say no. Th- that's the cap. It won't let you go any higher. No, sixteen's the cap. Unfortunately, okay. I would have yeah, taken it up, but maybe offshore you can maybe find one that yeah. lets you go all the way up. But for the sake of what I'm looking at, sixteen's the highest. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast here on Monday. Um, let's see here. I do have confirmation of life for Terrell. He okay, is, good, good. Uh, he said, I just got Wi-Fi. I forgot that I didn't tell you I was on a cruise. I knew he was going on a cruise. I wasn't sure what right. days he was going to be on a cruise. And uh, Scott, you're f- going to be filling in for him throughout the week. So it's me and Scott pretty much all week for you guys. Now that I think about it, I think he told me that on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I think he all told right. me that on Friday. That that does actually ring a bell. Yeah, my all bad. Right. So, yeah, so me and Scott will be here all throughout the week here for you guys um, on the NBA pod. Delonte will be here with us tomorrow, me and Scott on Wednesday. And then uh, we'll also do um, 
a Christmas show um, on, uh, I think we'll probably do that on Saturday. So uh, look out for that as well. I think it'll be me, McKee, and if Scott wants to join, he can join in on that as well for the Christmas Day game. So exciting times around NBA right now. So definitely, if you haven't already, right now, <clears throat> best time to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast, um, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You guys can see our pretty faces when we do go live every single day, at least Monday through Friday, uh, on YouTube and on Twitter as well. Make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Scott, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here, bud? No, not really. A lot of games, a lot of money to be had. Let's make some money. Yeah. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, like I mentioned. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.